Ladies and gentlemen, it's with pleasure that I welcome you all back to Talking Numbers. For those of you that don't know my name, it's Paul Jantz. And I've got the beautiful part of just interviewing some fantastic people within our accounting industry. Um, and we chat about people doing great things. And today is no different. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Phoebe Dre, CEO and founder of Phoebe Dre. She's a business, finance and success coach. Phoebe, welcome to Talking Numbers. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me on the show. It is my pleasure. Now, I'm looking forward to getting into today because there's a few things we're probably going to break down, a few interesting topics that we're going to talk about and probably probably topics that we probably haven't spoken about on this particular show. So I think that's going to be really important. I, I think when you, stu- sorry, when you do go into business um, and whether it's a service or whether it's a product that you're selling, the, the topic we're going to talk about today is how do I price my product or my service? Um, and, I was, and I saw a blog that sort of Phoebe wrote not long ago and I thought, hang on a minute, that is very, very relevant and I'm going to chat to you about that. So that's what we're going to get into today, people. So for all of you that are our loyal listeners or you're coming back to Talking Numbers, uh, welcome and have your pad, have your pen. There'll be some golden nuggets that we're going to be sharing. I know Phoebe's got a lot of thoughts and ideas and lessons and we're going to be going through all of that in the next 30-odd minutes, so sit back and enjoy this. Now, Phoebe, um, we've known each other for a little while, but for those of you that may not know you or maybe if you can share a little bit about you, your journey and what you were doing today. Thank you, Paul. Yes, we've known each other for a few years now. I think um, I met you in my mid to late 20s when I was fresh out of uni. <laughs> working with my father in his accounting practice that he'd established on the Gold Coast. Um, I would, went to university after a bit of a hiatus overseas, travelling the world right. and having fun and joined my father in the accounting firm because I was doing a business degree. And I, to be honest, I loved everything about business, all the different aspects, marketing, accounting, economics, finance. Uh, but it was, I guess, the easy path to walk was to go into business with my dad in the um, accountancy firm, start working with him. And I really enjoyed working with clients and helping them to improve their business. And I guess later on in my my journey, I've really discovered, though, that unfortunately tax and BAS weren't my passion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Business management, business strategy, I was always was easy. Management accounting is what I really understood and grasped really quickly. But to be honest, I nearly failed my tax subject at uni. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if that wasn't an indication that tax and bass wasn't the area of expertise for me, I don't know what else was, but I did follow my dad's footsteps and went into his um, small public practice, which serves small business on the Gold Coast mainly um, with their tax and bass compliance. Um, I guess, and I met Paul uh, probably in my mid to late 20s after I'd just been over to Canada and come back. My dad was looking for some assistance to help with our accountancy firm to grow it and to enable me to, in the future, be his succession plan. Yes. Yes, and that's uh, when we joined Darrell Paul on his GPL Network program. Correct. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, coaching accounting firms specifically around how to improve their businesses and to grow and to become really successful. So that was a really exciting journey. And then we had the opportunity to actually sell a share of our business, which we did, to GPL Network, um, which was another journey, some life lessons, some business lessons as part of that journey. And has led me really to where I am today because I think through that process I understood the importance of being really understanding business by taking responsibility for where you're at, 
um, for understanding your numbers, which is so important. And I think when we actually sold the firm later on, many years down the track, we sold it 100% to a, another accountancy firm and I was back doing just tax and bass. And that's when I realised my passion so I did my 12 months workout and left that business and went back into the workforce um, I'd since met a husband my husband and <laughs> wanted to take a little bit of time out to have a family so I actually got a job just a part-time working for a company that owned the Bendigo Bank community franchises okay I'm sure anyone in Victoria will definitely know a lot about Bendigo Bank yep um, so I worked for them and then kind of started getting a bit of itchy feet when my little girl was about three and thought I really need to start doing something again, for myself that drives my passions. And that's what's led me to going back into business for myself, um, having my own consultancy now. And I'm actually setting up a business called Profit to Cash. And it's all about helping businesses to understand how to, number one, make a profit, but actually turn that profit into cash so they can live the life of their dreams by being financially rewarded for the hard work, the stress, the risk that they take in having their own business. I love it. I love it. And yes, um, it's a funny thing. You just, as you were mentioning a few of those things, it took me back quite a few years now. So yeah. it was uh, have a bit of a chuckle. It was actually quite good. Um, <laughs> so the, look, this is the great thing about this, I suppose, um, moving from, let's call it employee to CEO. Um, great that, to have another inspiring female CEO out there. Um, so tell us about a little bit about, you know, you mentioned your profit session just said, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. So now I've set up my business because when I had the accountancy firm, I loved working with clients one-on-one -on -one to help them with their businesses. But often when you're doing compliance and BAS, many accounting firms probably will understand this, is you just get really bogged down doing the compliance and BAS. There's always so many deadlines you need to hit. Tax work is very involved. You need to be a specialist. So you need a lot of learning and education. It's very specific. Um, but what I really found challenging I guess when I worked with my clients is that we get to the end of the year we'd be going through their final tax return their profit and loss and their accounts and they'd they'd see that they'd made often see that they'd made a profit which they weren't aware of and now it could be March the following year so it's you know nine months down the track yes. and only now just realizing they've made a profit for the prior year or maybe they've made a loss and they didn't even know that they weren't actually making any money and then they'd ask well if I've got that profit now I've got to pay tax which often they weren't prepared for and they'd all say, well, where is the cash? You know, I've made, you're showing me that I've made a $20,000, $500,000, whatever the profit might be. And then it often were perplexed as to where the actual cash was. Uh, so when I was reflecting on my journey myself and what I really love to do, I really wanted to help businesses to actually understand where that profit was and to give them strategies of actually how to turn that profit into cash and actually be able to pay themselves what they deserve out of the business. So I've now created uh, what I call my profit planning sessions, which I, goes right into detail of the client of what they want to earn personally from their business. So that's the first step in the profit planning process. Then we look at all their income sources, whether they're service-based or product-based, and really map that out for the month so they can actually see what they need to sell every month or what general income they need to generate to actually give them the income that they personally want, not just what covers the business expenses, but actually gives them their personal income so they can live the life they want. And then we map that into what I call the 12-month profit plan. And these were all great. And I was doing these sessions with people and it was kind of a one-off session. And it was really eye-opening for a lot of business owners, especially the newer business owners that may have not done this process before. Yeah, but the yeah. 
what I found was that just doing it once was like doing a business plan you do for the bank. You know, you do it as a kind of a need yes. to do it and it gets shoved in a bottom drawer somewhere or sits on a shelf and collects dust and you never look at it again and you actually don't, you know, get to the end of the 12 months and you say, well, that was the profit that I set myself but I didn't achieve it. So I always find that what you what you measure, you can change, you can take action on. So by actually focusing on the 12-month profit plan every single month and setting your goals and setting your, your KPIs for the month and linking them into your overall plan, yeah, it actually helps you what you track and what you measure you can improve. So I've now developed a 12-month program where I'm actually holding people accountable to live their profit plan. So not just do their profit plan, but my tagline, I guess, is to live your profit plan. How good is that? And I look, I, I agree. And this is the great thing. So to all our listeners that are that are taking or becoming aware of this, and I, you know, you mentioned some really key things there they're about compliance and tax work and BAS work. And yes, you sometimes don't have the time for this, but the ability to sit back and to assist clients, businesses to really plan that out mm. from a from a cash perspective. You're right. It's not just a profit, um, you know, or what. You know, our listeners wouldn't certainly know as accruals. You know, it, it, this is a cash. So, and, you know, we can't, a lot of businesses aren't aware that it's a bit like, a, as you were talking about that, it took me to the the old Michael Gerber book, The E-Myth, mm. and the amount of how I've always believed that every business owner, if they're going to open the doors, there's a reason why 80% of businesses fail within the first five years. And that is because they don't usually know how to run a business and they don't have the education or they don't have the knowledge or they don't have the intellect, but they need to lean on other people. And this is where you or our listeners can come into that because to be able to provide that is critical to any business that wants to survive past that five years because you're right, what they don't know, they don't know. And they're going to, you look at the last 12 months or 18 months in particular with COVID, there's so many things that businesses would have had to have, you know, people have used the word pivot, but they've had to have done that to survive. Mm-hmm. And whether if, if you're not having those proactive conversations and proactive being the key word, if you're not having those proactive conversations with those clients, what if this happened? What if that happens? How do you plan for that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about, um, it's, I guess probably a lot of your listeners have heard of the Barefoot Investor, you know, yep. Australian, the Australian author, but it's kind of about that but for business, so actually helping the business owners to set up their rainy day account, make sure they're putting some money every single sale. You know, and It's like superannuation. You put it away and you kind of start to not notice that it's actually going into that account but doing that for your business as well, so building up that buffer, so helping your clients understand about just putting even a 1% or 2% or up to 5% of their sale income every month or every time they receive income actually into a buffer account that will survive them for the either three to six months. Um, so they, if, you know, they could, they've got a buffer there that can support them, pay their expenses because income can drop suddenly like we saw with COVID, but it's often a lot harder to reduce your expenses as quickly as your income drops. So if you can kind of help your clients as an accounting firm, help your clients be aware of that and actually help them to start setting up the systems to put money aside to see them through that period. And that's what I'm really passionate about is, you know, giving the people take so much risk to step out and to take the leap and to start a business. And, you know, it it can all just be pulled out from underneath you from something that happens that's so far out of your control, such as COVID that we saw last year. But if they had that knowledge and guidance to have that account set aside and the importance of it so that they can survive 
And even having that then gives you the opportunities when something like COVID or anything else in your industry happens that you can actually then, um, you know, potentially you've got competitors or something that have gone out of business that you could actually purchase some of their equipment and it would be helping them even though it's unfortunate they're going out of business. But if you've got a buffer there, you can actually, you know, help them by buying some of their equipment or something like that. So it just gives you that flexibility, the breathing room. And I think that's so important to help um, clients and business owners to understand that. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Love it. Um, tell me about your mission. Well, my mission really is to help people to live their profit plan about enabling them to live the life of their dreams from having a business that's financially and is actually giving them a, a income that they desire to live the life that they want to live. And it can be different for everyone. So it's really about helping the individual person. And my mission is through education, through support and accountability to give um, my clients and business owners just that knowledge and understanding of how to set themselves up for success and to live their profit plan. Yeah, well said. And I think the, you know, um, and I think only with, I'll say grey hair because I've got a bit of it now. I do um, too. <laughs> <laughs> with grey hair and I'll call it maturity. So with grey hair and maturity, um, you're, you're, when you start off, and, the, and this is the other thing in, in business, I suppose, and your expectations for life increases as, you, you know, success is an interesting one because defining success is always an interesting term. What is success? And, but, you know, we fall out, we, we sometimes fall into this trap and I'll, I've done it personally. So we sometimes fall into this trap of when we've got something really good, we want more. And we want more and we've got this car, but we want another car and we've got this house with five bedrooms and we want a bigger house with six bedrooms. It, it, so therefore the playing field changes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's what you're talking about is because things can change, whether they go backwards or whether they go forwards, having the ability to be agile and move. I think that's so important, isn't it? It is, and I think as we've talked about, you know, and it keeps being mentioned and I know it's kind of feel like you're going on and on about, but COVID I think was really a big eye-opener for a lot of people that, you know, you just never know what's around the corner and you have to be prepared for it. And it could be a life event. It could be a personal, something that personally happens to you in your life. It could be a decision you make that you think is going to end up in one direction but can be a complete curveball and throw you in a completely opposite direction. So I think you just need to be prepared. And I think that's the great thing about small businesses is that you are able to be so agile. You know, the big conglomerates, the big companies that, you know, so many different layers and everything, it's really challenging for them to actually nimble and agile and be able to take opportunities where they see it. So by small business, you've actually got that competitive advantage where you can be agile and you can jump on a new idea and, you know, as long as you're not throwing everything into it, like all the eggs in one basket, you can, you know, don't have to take on as much risk and you can, you know, fulfil your dreams and, and do what you want to do. And I think that's an important one that you just mentioned there in terms of risk because, you know, sometimes you, you've got to, there's always an element of risk in everything that we do, but you've got to find that balance, don't you, in terms of, um, oh, you can't have your house and you can't have your parents' house and as, as, as security as an example. So it's a, it's a really tough one to balance out, especially when you do want to go into business to make a difference and, mm-hmm. um Let's leave that for a second because that, that could be a bigger conversation. A different conversation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about pricing because uh, this, is, this is something that sort of triggered me and I, I, I started to think about 
Um, how do you, from a pricing point of view, whether you've got a service or a product, we're usually selling or marketing one or the other. Um, you know, let's look at me as a good example. I'm, I'm in a situation where I want to get back into that coaching element. How do you actually, what's your thought process to how that all gets priced? I know this is something, you know, this is obviously a bit of IP, I suppose, that you're talking about and giving away, but you know, there's a lot of people that'd be out there that say, yeah, I want to go out there and give that a crack. And but how, how do I price that? No, that's, yeah, it's a really good question. I think a lot of people struggle with, and especially um, find, especially new business owners that are just getting out, maybe they've been an employee, but they've decided to take the leap and get back out and do what they want to do and they're passionate about. And it can be really challenging to, it's a balance between, well, I need customers, you know, I'm desperate to get new customers because I don't have any income at the moment, um, but also charging what you're worth and what value you're adding to the marketplace and often it can be a bit of a trap if you're going into the the low cost commodity type service or market it's very hard to I think bring your prices up to the level that they should be at Uh, so it's really good to actually do a full deep dive into the value proposition that you're offering to the customer to your marketplace before you kind of go out there and start selling your services because it can be a bit of a trap if you just go out there and try and win as many customers by offering the cheapest because as soon as you start putting your prices up to what you think or you believe you're worth, a lot of those customers aren't loyal. They've just basically bought your services because it was the cheapest thing on the market. Yes. So as soon as you start pushing your prices up, they're going to jump to the, the next ship that's sailing in the direction of low prices and that's where they want to go rather than being with someone that's often good quality, um, life-changing or transformational type services and products. Uh, they just wanting the quick fix. So it's kind of like the Walmart, you know, they'll just go to the next shop that's offering the cheapest product or price and and that's where they'll go. So it's really about, I think, important of balancing that. So obviously you don't want to price yourself to the point where you're going to have no customers and people um, don't want to offer or engage in your services, but as well balancing with what you're adding, the value. So I always, when I'm talking to a client, I had a new client, for example, recently, he's, um, he creates like bespoke manufacturing equipment for the smaller, medium-sized businesses that can't necessarily afford the big equipment that the big companies are selling that could be half a million to a million dollars just to get one small thing. And he, he said to me often what happens is people will buy secondhand equipment and try and match it, mix it together and hodgepodge. And he was working for a company uh, creating this and they were looking at investing $500,000 into this equipment and, he, and the company was like, we just can't afford that. And he really sat back and looked at it and realised that he could probably build it and create it for them for $10,000. And I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic. You can do it for $10,000. But what's you know your value you've just created half a million dollars of value for this company because they now don't have to spend half a million dollars so you really need to before you kind of go out there to the marketplace and say oh I can do it for ten thousand and you're probably robbing yourself of a good income that you really are worth to the marketplace our first thing I say is um, dive deep into your education what skills and knowledge and experience do you have and really dive into that and see what that would be worth in the marketplace. Then look at your experience, what, um, you know, what, how you've done it before with your customers, you know, what value you've added in the past and look at case studies of where you've actually saved money, saved the business time or earned them more money and actually trying to create a dollar value around that. Then the next step I look at is looking at where the customer is now. So I always talk about like you've got them on Island A and on Island A, you know, they're a manufacturing company where they're really struggling to find the manufacturing equipment that's really going to help them to stream. 
processes, reduce costs, but also to increase um, what is it, the, the quality of the products they're putting out to the marketplace yep. and yep. you're going to move them to island B and what transformation are you going to take them through and what value is that transformation to move them from being where they're stuck on island A to where they're going to be on island B and what the, the dreamlike situation, you know, on island B they're sipping their margaritas, looking out at the beautiful ocean, um, having a wonderful time. So what's the transformation that you've taken them through and what, what is the value of that to them? The other thing I was looking at, I had a client who was implementing uh, like a professional online membership site for real estate agents. So when they got new clients or new customers, they'd put them into their program. It became really professional. So it had systemized um, emails that were set up. They had their proposals, professional looking proposals and everything in there. Um, so the real estate agent looked really professional once it was all set up. And they had a better customer service experience with the, the clients that they were working with. So it was actually creating a better professional um, relationship of probably getting the real estate agent more referrals because the customers were having such an amazing um, experience with them. And, and then, you know, just overall was a better service that the real estate agent was offering to their client. But, you know, if the real estate agent was to try to set that system up themselves, you know, how long would it take them? So look at how much time the person's going to invest and what their hourly rate is. So if they, if they for example, they, they estimate their hourly rate to be at least $500 an hour and it's going to take them 10 hours to set up their system, so that's $5,000 of their time it's costing them where they could pay someone else to do it and it would probably take that person, you know, get it set up properly the first time, have it really professional, then the real estate agent could be trained. Uh, and then, you know, often as well, if the real estate agent doesn't know what they're doing to set up the platform, there might be errors and it might not work properly and then it's all clunky so it doesn't offer the same kind of level of service. So then they're going to have to go and find a professional to help them anyway. So I just, you know, write down all of that, like how much time you're saving them, how much dollar value that's worth, what, um, how much more professional they're going to look by having that service and the potential for new clients and just really working that out and seeing what a value that's offering to the customer or the client that you're working with and then working out your prices based on that. I also recommend as well, if you're a service-based, you could have tiered levels of services as well. So if you, you don't want to go in hard and say, well, it's this, you know, it's going to be $5,000 for me to do that and you're worried that's going to knock people out of the, um, you know, you're going to reject customers based on price, then you could have tiered levels where you offer just a really basic package and that's at a lower cost and then you do a really high-end package at a much higher cost and then you've got the middle one at, a, you know, at the value that you believe it's worth. And often you'll find most people will take the middle one, but you will find some people will take the higher level one. So you're getting some very high quality customers and you might get a couple that take the lower level one, which will probably upgrade to the higher levels as they go along anyway. So it kind of helps ease you in. And the final thing I often say to my customer clients as well and working with them is look at your prices, put them what you believe they should be. You know, it's a bit of a confidence thing. But then if you get rejected purely based on price alone, three times then you know that you've probably gone in too high and that's when you can reevaluate really reevaluate your prices so it's about getting confidence in what you're doing by doing the value proposition and reviewing that gives you that confidence in yourself and you start sharing it with everyone when you go to a networking event you start sharing the results you've had with people you put it on your website you put it into all of your proposals um, so the more you say it the more you even read it to yourself in the mirror gives you that confidence to um, go in at that high price of the value adding to the customer and then as I said, if you find that you're getting rejected on price alone over and over, then you know you've probably gone too high. So I hope that was helpful, Paul.
Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's made me take a lot of notes then, which is which is awesome. And I've probably got a lot of questions that. So how, how do you know if it's too high, Phoebe? Well, just I think the real the thing main thing is when you get rejected about three times and and probably when you do get you know if someone rejects a proposal you've given them actually ask yes. the question yes you know what what was it about my proposal that um, made you not want to go along with my services and they say oh look joe blue from down the street was offering me the same package at a thousand dollars less yes you can say oh, okay maybe i need to reevaluate my prices you know but right so don't so you do that the, after so three the, time right so good good point so do it after three times but have the courage to actually ask the question, don't just let it slip. Otherwise, you're not actually. It's the old scenario sometimes of um, doing the same and trying to find different results. That if you can actually go and ask the question, oh look, what? Why did you move forward? And then you've got that again, really valuable information. But I think, please, what you're saying there is yes, do it after three rejections. Yes, so you wait till you get three rejections purely based on price. So you need to actually ask the question why they rejected you to find out if it was just on price. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, if that's the case, um, yeah, maybe it's time to reevaluate. But I find, you know, especially like I've been working with um, an electrician and he's doing really high-end home systemization um, products. And, you know, I really think that's a high-end niche service. So you should be pricing the services at a higher-end price because people will often also judge you based on your price. So it's kind of a bit of a catch-22. If you're too cheap, people think you don't know what you're doing and they don't yes. want to go with you. But then again, if you're too high, they're like, well, you're outside my, you know, I can't afford that or I don't want to pay that much money for that service. So it's finding that happy middle ground. And it is like it's more of an artwork than a science, this this pricing thing. Um trying trying the right prices but you just need to know the perception in the marketplace is if someone really wants to work with you and they really want the transformation that you can create they'll find the money they yes. will and it's i've been point. in the situation personally i've been in that situation where i'm kind of like oh it's quite a stretch for me to invest in this but i know that the results i'm going to get by investing in it are going to take my business to the next level then i will find the money yeah, it's a very very good point um, because we can always find the money, can't we, depending on the value. Exactly. What's important to you is um, is what you'll find the money for. Yep, yep. How important are uh, to, to do, let's call it nine, town, nine times out of ten, a lot of us have got competitors out there. So how mm -hmm. important is it to find out what the competitors are doing, the value that they're providing and the pricing that they're providing? Uh, I would probably have a bit of a look. But also you're wanting to play your own game and you don't know exactly what they're offering unless you're, unless you're able to sit down with them and find out exactly what they're doing. Uh, but I feel like you, everyone's, there's enough, I always say there's, you know, if there's, if you're making a pie and you run out of pies, just make another pie. There's enough people out there, you know, there's yep. enough customers out there that are going to fit in with you. So it's really important about expressing your values, your mission, and everything and people are going to find you and relate to you and what your mission is so there might be a competitor but they might be they'll be doing things differently not everyone does everything exactly the same if you're competing on like if you're a walmart or a coles or woolworths you know commodity type business a different kind of market to be in but if you're yeah a service-based business owner that's doing it on quality you're definitely going to have a different process a different um ip intellectual property the way you do things so i feel like you'll be able to connect with your customers with who you want to do business with um, over your competitors. So, yes, definitely good to be aware of what other people are doing 
um, but don't let it distract you from what your mission is. Yeah, it's a very good point. And you, you mentioned a couple of other really key, I'll call them little nuggets just then as well. So just to, that's the great part about these. So Phoebe went through a fair bit just then. So if you need to go back and you need to listen to this, depending if you're in the car or not, or whatever it may be, and take some notes. Um, one of the key things that Phoebe also mentioned this then was a tiered model. So a lot of people talk about a, you know, and, and I know a lot of people have got that. They might have a, I don't know, a silver, a gold and a platinum or an A, B and C or whatever it may be. And you're right. The the psychology says that most people will take the middle one. So the, you know, the silver is too um, cheap and the, the platinum is too expensive, but people, I think your 80, 20 rule comes into play quite a lot where mm-hmm. 80% of the people will take the middle one, which is your gold package. It's still not cheap um, or it's not considered. It's still gold. It's not platinum, but think about that in terms, if you are going to do something. And that was, that was the one thing that I wrote down there. Um, is it, do you have a story or anything that you could share with you, that you've done in terms of the success or know the numbers around that? Just going off script for a second. <laughs> <laughs> around the, uh, the different levels. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know a particular um, KPIs or numbers around that. But I just find even in myself personally, you know, when I've personally engaged with people and they've offered the different levels, uh, depending on how seriously I want, you know, I know, for example, myself recently, I've just invested in a 12-month coaching program and they had a, a once uh, or they had a retreat that was three days, which was the lowest level. They had the 12 months, but we had no one-on-one accountability coaching as part of it and then they had the 12 months which include the accountability coaching and I just know myself I wanted to be held accountable and I wanted to have the one-on-one coaching Um, so I invested in the highest level and as I mentioned before it was a bit of a stretch for me but I wanted the one-on-one accountability coaching I knew that was what was going to get me to where I wanted to be in my business but it would just I feel like most people probably look at it and say well yeah the middle one really is what suits me the most. I don't know specific numbers around how many people would choose that over the other two. But the great thing about if someone invests in just the the lowest level, have your processes in place to upgrade them to the, at least to the next level. So if they do, for example, mine would be just doing the one-off profit planning session would be my lowest level. So it, as part of the profit planning session, it's really also treating that as a bit of a sales call or a sales appointment in the fact that I offer loads of value. We get their profit plan for the whole year done, but I really reiterate to them that this is a really nice to do and you're probably going to go home and it's going to get caught up in a a drive somewhere on your computer and you're going to get busy doing what you're doing, but are you going to take the time to actually sit back and look at that every single month and make sure that you're setting your new goals and you're living and taking your profit plan. And so that in that process, I'll, upgrade them hopefully to the middle plan where they're doing the 12 month accountability program with me um so yeah so actually looking at the customers and seeing if you can move them up the levels and you know what and and knowing that you're offering something to them that is actually going to help change their lives you're not just trying to flog them your service just because you want to sell something because they'll they'll feel that as well but actually if you genuinely believe in what you're doing and how it can transform someone's life or someone's business someone's health, whatever you're offering, Um, you know, accountants, we do so much for our clients. And I think we sometimes forget about the value that we actually add to our customers, even their tax and bass, you know, the fact that they know that it's being looked after for them, you've got their best interest at heart, you're trying to make sure that they um, don't get caught out by the tax office, that their things are lodged on time, that they're 
know that a professional who has the knowledge and skills and expertise to make sure everything's done properly and minimising their tax to the best of their ability, um, but also making sure that they're aware of any up-and-coming things that they need to prepare for or plan for, like a sale of their business, a sale of an asset, and the client knowing that they've got you there to hold their hand and to help them through. That's an amazing service what you're offering. I know a lot of accounting firms now moving towards the package type service rather than just the time um, time based fees. So I know a lot yes. of accountants do move Correct. to the new package. So seeing how you can package your services maybe to to add in the additional services. And even if it's you know you, there's so much capability these days to do like an online course or something like that that could add so much value to your customers that you do it once off, record it and have it saved and then they get access to that as a value add for them upgrading to a next package with you. So, people love, and, and the, the, the lesson there that I took just then is people love something for nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you can provide them with greater value, um, and that's been always my experience as well. And, you know, one of the things I was just going to say, it also depends on, to our listeners, it depends on how you're selling it as well. It's one thing to have the services. And one of the powerful things that I still remember this and I still use it, if, if you were going through, if you had three tiers again and then someone said to you, if you took money out of the equation, which one would you prefer? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a great question to ask. It's not a yes and no answer. So it's not an open or closed. If you took money out of the equation, which one would you prefer? Now, most people would probably say probably the platinum package, but I can't afford that. Okay, so if that's the one you want, what about if we work out how to make you afford that then? Yeah. And then you're already tapping into their emotional side. Oh, okay. Then you've already got them. It's just a matter of working out how you then put the payment plan in place, I suppose, yes. to make sure that they can afford that because they yeah. want that. A bit like what you were saying before, Phoebe, you said, I, I knew I probably couldn't afford that. And I've been in that situation as well where I knew I couldn't afford the $5,000 package, but I took the $5,000 package because they said to me, what about if we allowed you to put a thousand bucks now and then you can pay it off over three, three different payments. Would that help? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was done. And, yes. you know, things, so think about those sorts of things because asking that question opens up a whole layer of information you didn't know. And it's also practicing it. I think that's really important. Like, you know, having someone that you can practice these strategies with of how to, to sell your value. So that's a great point. Since typically accountants, I don't know, I could be stereotyping this thing and <laughs> this isn't you. That's, I'm sorry, it's totally okay. But, you know, typically don't like well, people in generally don't like sales often you know some people Correct. love it some, some people absolutely love it I've got a girlfriend who absolutely loves selling and loves sales the loves the whole process um, but if you don't if it's not something that's comfortable for you just practice it and think about the value that you're adding to customers like you're not just trying to sell them something you know that can't you know you just not you're not just that salesman in the shopping center trying to flog them and there's more the big kev you know it's, there's more and there's more like you're actually trying to add value to their life and you're a professional that has got so much value to add and you can really help your clients. You know, these people often they kind of have this, what they call it, an entrepreneurial fart <laughs> and all of a sudden they want to start a business. I think that might be out of the e-myth. All yes. of a sudden they want to start their business and they really don't think about the whole process. And businesses basically, the majority of businesses that go out of business is for cash flow issues. So if you can help your customers to understand their cash flow, for example, I was working with one of my clients the other day and, 
by some of the different strategies that I've taught him. He's literally just saved $3,000 this year already within, I think, one session. Um, and that's even before doing anything else. And he's basically paid for the whole program with me from that one strategy he's implemented. And there you go. it was just giving him the strategies of, of how to do it in a, a manner that, you know, he reviewed the expense. He, it was to him, it was always there. He was a bit scared to cancel this one expense because he thought it added value. But when he analyzed it and through going through the process that I taught him, he actually was like, no, it's a no brainer. I've got to cancel that. Like it's not adding any value to my business. So accountants have got so much wealth and so much knowledge that they can share with their clients. And yeah, just if you're trying to upsell, you know, trying to create a package with more value to it, then create something that's not going to spend a lot of your time because we are accountants. Also, it might be yes. recording an online program. Maybe you did a webinar for your clients that you recorded and you can now have that as an, a value add to um, a package that you're offering to them that it's not going to take you a lot more time to do. It's not necessarily you doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with someone, but they can then log in or it could be just a, a online once a month session with your clients where it's a question and answer. They get to ask any questions and you have 10 different businesses on there. So it's a bit of a mastermind. It's one hour a month out of your time. It's all online. You get to connect with 10 different businesses and the value is actually all the other businesses getting to engage with other businesses, which you often doesn't happen. And now with COVID, you know, some of the networking events may have been cancelled. So creating that's not a huge amount of time for you to do either. And it's the power of the group. And that can be a huge value add to, Yep. to customers that can help you promote your platinum package rather than just giving them the, the low could, little package. Could not agree more. And I, I think, you know, we started the coaching company in 2004 from memory and some of the firms I still work with today mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> still say some of the best things we did was the networking element, the ability to share stories and work with each other and have a drink and what's working for you and what's not working for you. So I agree. Some of just some, some great advice there. Um, Phoebe, just in wrapping up um, and I apologize, we've gone over the 30 minutes, but fantastic information. So I hope you, everyone that's listening to this has really enjoyed it. Um, now you've given a lot of different advice there, but if there was something that you could leave our listeners with good, bad, indifferent, what's a piece of advice you'd leave them with? I believe that knowledge is power. And so constantly learning, constantly growing, listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, meeting with other business owners, I think that's so powerful to your success. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And by constantly having a curious mind and learning and growing in that way, there's so much out there these days that you can learn in different ways that you can learn. Um, so I think that's so important and that's really been transformational for me. When I mean, when I finished my CPA studies, I was like, right, that's it, I'm done, I'm not learning anymore. And I was like kind of really put my education on hold for a while and I found I just one of my big personal development mentors, T. Harvecker, always says if you're not growing, you're dying. Yep. And I really found that period of time when I stopped and was like, nope, not interested. I really started going backwards and it wasn't until I started going back to personal development and learning and not necessarily just learning about accounting and business stuff but just getting different ideas from everywhere I think that was probably the biggest thing um, that really turned my life around turned my business around and has led me to where I am today where you know education and knowledge and coaching is my absolute passion it's what I want to share with people and I find that's probably the biggest biggest key so keep listening to podcasts like Paul's podcast uh, another great business author I love listening to is Mike McCallowick's um, so if everyone, if anyone hasn't heard of him before, Google him, he's got an amazing books and 
Audible is a fantastic um, app that you can, you know, listen to books as you drive in your car or walk the dog listening to podcasts. I think it's probably the biggest lesson and gift I can share with someone else is to constantly be curious and constantly be learning and growing. Yeah, well said. Well said. And I think the the word there was curious. I think uh, for all of us that are parents, uh, we know that our children ask really good questions and they're constantly learning. But as we tend to get a little bit older, we tend to stop doing that because we lose our curiosity mojo, I think, and we've got to get that mojo back. And I think it's uh, the ability to continually learn and ask questions. And you're right, with the ability of podcasts and things like Audible nowadays, they've created where people that didn't have time to read books, I'm still a bit old school, I love the novels and I love getting the books and um, all those sorts of things. But we've just got so many other resources at our feet nowadays. So what a great way to finish up. Phoebe, I was about to call you greening, but I and actually did in the end. So Phoebe Trace, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Phoebe, thank you very much for joining us. I love the fact that, you know, again, it's a subject that you're very passionate about. You can tell that and that's what stands you out from the others. So thank you for sharing all your little golden nuggets with all of our listeners. And I wish you all the very best for the rest of the 21 calendar year. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for having me on um, Talking Numbers podcast today. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.